This is Susanna Hills Podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. Understand just the significance of this and the reality of, of um, just God's plan. And I know, you know, Brian Houston says, says if you can find, if you get saved, you know, find a local church, pour your life into it, and your life will never be the same again. And this is that reality. Uh, ANC this morning was just sharing about uh, with our, where we had a pastors connect with some of the, the pastors from our um, city and the region. And she was just sharing about our journey for about two years, two and a half years. ANC and I were not in a, in a local church at all. And we were not plugged in. And we, we visited a few churches in our city. And we actually encountered God in many of them. You know? Uh, so just to remind us that God's working with the church, as much as he is, is doing work and working with us. Uh, but one thing that stood out for me at the time was uh, two things. One, what brought us back into the life of the church was that we had a revelation uh, of God's plan for the church and that that's, this was God's vehicle that he was wanting to use to bring his kingdom. And we had experienced, in my life I've experienced the the being a part of the church, I've been experienced the parachurch realities. I've experienced the kind of house church space. Um, I've experienced the no church and some of obviously this church that we've been a part of. And I've experienced denominations and I've experienced the nothing and I've experienced everything in between. And what I've, what I've come to know and ex- experience or see is that when we model our lives according to what the scripture says, not what our preference is, uh, God begins to adjust some things. And I was so overwhelmed just recently being, um, you know, we went out for a meal with Bruce McAlpine. And what I didn't know is that Mark and Marie were going to come to plant in, in, in Clarkstorp. And Bruce asked him for, to wait another year. And, and what I didn't know is that in that year, um, they had prayed and, and actually felt that, that Ains and I would... would joined the team, and they were trusting the Lord to use us in, in our partnership with Mark and Marie. But we were like churches for the birds, you know? <laughs> and and th- this was the prayer that they were praying at Lighthouse before Mark and them. They said, Lord Jesus, can Gareth and Ainsley grab, grasp just the awesome power and the significance of your vehicle, the local church? And so for a year, people were praying for us that somewhere along the line, so I'm hoping that as Chris is sharing with us that we're skrikking wakker a bit. <laughs> um, I can do that, eh? Like a delicious. But uh, Chris, thank you so much. Continue. Enjoy. All right. God Wonderful. Okay, guys, you had fun so far? Okay, lekker, man. That's great. That's great. Okay. Have you ever seen something that captivated your entire imagination and you, you're like, this is too good to be true. Ever seen that? Uh, see one. <laughs> Watching tennis here. Looks like Wimbledon. I do think it's the bat, right? It's coronavirus. Okay. Jesus, cover us. Cover us, Jesus. Okay. So, <laughs> you've been captivated by something. Something just so beautiful. Man, I, I, I remember the first time I saw her. I was in the middle of the room. Blonde, 
like this red coat. It's my first motorbike. <laughs> it's like, it's had this cream and red, red. And it reminded me so much of when I met my wife. When I met Suzanne, no jokes, it was a party. We were young guys and a whole bunch of our mates together. And I was invited to this April Fool's party, believe it or not. I met my wife there. We, 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 we um, just used to hang around as young adults who loved Jesus. We'd get together and we'd have fun together. We'd have parties together and we'd just sometimes pray together and sometimes just be wacko together and just, just, we just loved being together. And at one of those moments, I walked in and there she was. And on the day, she had this red coat on. So no, I'm not joking. I'm actually 100%. It's blonde chick, and I thought, that has got to be the luckiest oak in the world who's with this woman. I, I'm just so jealous. And at the time, there was this guy who was floating around her and whatever. She was at his house. Potty was at his house. And I thought, you schmuck. <laughs> anyway, no jokes. I mean, I, I, she went home, I think. And I mean, I don't, you, might, you must maybe tell the story further. But she said to her mom, I've met my husband. And at the time, I was dating another girl. And I'm, I promise you, I had like maybe five minutes, not even five minutes, of conversation with Suzanne on the night while we were dishing up food. My girlfriend was like, who's that? Where do you know her from? You know, I was like, don't know her, don't know her. I'm dishing up food, leave me alone, you crazy woman. <laughs> anyway... There's, there's something that's captivating about the church that Jesus is building. This is his bride. This is the splendor of the universe. This is the beautiful woman who is so different in the Bible to the one who's going to be condemned, the whore of Babylon. That is a woman who is cheap and plows her trade with all the nations and enriches herself from the nation's lust. Etc. The fake church. Listen to me. It's two women. One who loves Jesus and one who loves fame. And the nations got drunk on her adulteries. There's, a, there's something, friends, about the authentic church of Jesus Christ we need to contend for. When we see this bride that Jesus is building, that he's working in, you know, he said, I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail against her. In other words, you know, gates don't move. We move against gates. In other words, she's going to be kicking doors down. She's going to be invading the gates of Hades. A dangerous, strong, authoritative, beautiful, spectacular bride that Jesus is coming back for. He's in love with you. He's in love with you. He's in love with you. He's in love with this church. He's in love with his church around the world. We're all going to be one. Incredible, but only the authentic church. And I, I don't want to, you know, obviously the guys can go and speculate about who that is. I'm just saying there is a copy of the church that's not in love with Jesus. She's in love with stuff, but not in love with Jesus. She might be in love with religion, in, in, in love with 
things that glitter. I mean, you can go and read about the whore of Babylon in Scripture. I mean, it's there. It's pretty graphic. You know, Jesus calls things as they are. He doesn't mince his words. He's not politically correct. He calls sin, sin. He calls whores, whores. And, and he, he calls beautiful what is beautiful. I love it. I'm, Jesus is just so straight. Matthew McMahon says this. Listen to this. He says, this is the beauty of Christian fellowship. Not the communication of their gifts, but the virtue of Christ on their spirits. If there is anything alluring to this world, it is the virtue of Christ in his people. If there's anything attractive in this world, it's Jesus through this bride that he is washing with his water of the word. You know, Ephesians chapter 5, 22, the story of, or the illustration of husbands and wives. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. And you know, this beautiful, beautiful illustration that we so often use in marriages is incredible. Study that, study that, get, get that into your spirit. And then it ends up for this. But I'm not, I'm talking about a mystery. I'm talking about Christ in his church. I'm to, and he sanctifies her by washing her with the water through the word Jesus is preparing us. He's washing nonsense off us. He's washing the world off us. And to make us a spotless, pure bride without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. If you're sitting next to anybody over 22, we picked on the 22-year-olds and under. If anybody, just turn to them and say, you've got wrinkles. Okay, the good news is, Jesus is ironing your wrinkles out. He's ironing your wrinkles out. Friends, you're not getting older, you're getting better. Why? Because Jesus is presenting to himself. A pure bride without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. In other words, she's not getting older, she's getting younger. He's taking the wrinkles away. He's taking the weatheredness, the tiredness out of his church, man. This is Jesus preparing an excited bride for his coming. Okay, so let's, let's move on swiftly. The early church, friends, was so in love with Jesus that they fell in love with Jesus in other people too. They were so in love with Jesus that they fell in love with each other. And every day, they were in each other's homes and each other's spaces and each other's faces, and they asked each other hard questions. Why? Because Jesus was forming a beautiful bride, and he still is, my friends. That's the start, and it gets better. So the second session, turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to take it up again. Is that okay? Second Peter. Chapter 1, verse 3. Got it? All right, so if you don't have it in your Bible, just before Revelation, right about there. His divine power, Christ, has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Jesus, who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Two things. He's called us by, he's called you by his own glory and goodness. Two things, his glory, his glory, and his goodness. Okay, 
Through these, his glory and his goodness, he has given us his very great and precious promises, glory and goodness, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. The divine nature, the God essence, God's DNA. That is the word that we get genetics from, geneo. God's own essence, his gene pool. You, you are born again. You may participate in his divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. His divine nature, his God essence, his God DNA in you. See, Jesus says if you, you're born of the Spirit, right? You've got to be born of water and the Spirit. When you're born of the Spirit, you're born of God. You're born of God. How does that happen? You get his DNA. Why? You can escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, okay, for this reason, God's glory and goodness demonstrated by his genetic code in you. Okay? Do you get that? Must have go slower. You got it? Okay, wave at me if you've got it. Just wave at me. I just want to see if you're awake. I know it's late on Friday night. We'll get, we'll get going. Okay, cool. For this reason, make every effort, in other words, strive for this, to add to your faith, goodness. So from faith, you get goodness. So when you're born again, you're born, it is by grace through faith that you're saved, correct? So you have faith to believe in Jesus. But then onto that, you've got to add goodness. In other words, stop being good. Stop being bad, start being good. Not hard. Okay? Here's a secret. When people come to church, yeah, the saddest day of my life, maybe the saddest day of my life, but one of the saddest days of my life was, we try so hard to get people, we're intentional to get people to come to Jesus. Now, our church is like out in the boonies and people have to drive to get there. We're not in a neighborhood. We're not in a suburb. It's not an easy church to, to get to. We're like 15 Ks out of town. And so anybody who comes drives and people come, they come from, I don't know if you know the geography of, of the West Rand, but people come from Hegpurt, and they come from other side of Machalisburg, and they come from Northwest Province, and they come from, um, they come from Joburg South, and they come from all over, Krugersdorp. Some guys come from Randfontein, and people drive to get to, to a church. I think a church alive is worth the drive, okay? So anyway, that's cheesy. That's my cheese for tonight. Okay, anyway, but, and we're very intentional because if the Holy Spirit has got them out of their bed, into their clothes, into their car, to spend a whole bunch of money to come to a place that they don't know. They come with fear and trepidation because they don't know what to expect. Okay, true. And so we've got to make it easy for them to understand Jesus. We've got to make this mystery plain. Is that okay? I mean, that's what, uh, we'll talk about that another day. But Ephesians 3.10 says that. It says to make this mystery plain, to make it simple. Okay, we've got to make it simple. Jesus is very easy to understand. And then they come in and they, the, the, the happiest, the, the, the thing that makes them decide whether to stay in church or not is the first face they see. Because they're coming looking for Jesus in people. They don't come looking for Jesus on the pulpit because he's not preaching today. I'm like, honestly, you came here, what did you come? When you came to this church for the first time, what did you come expecting? You expected to see happy people. You expected to see Christians acting like Christians? I always say this. I expect unsaved people to act like unsaved people, and I expect saved people to act like saved people. Anyway, 
So the unhappiest day of my life, very intentional. This guy pulls up in a car and he's standing outside having a smoke outside his car. He was invited by a friend. And one of these Christians that was baptized in lemon juice <laughs> comes past him and says, great example of a Christian you are. I want to say, great example of a Christian you are. In your face. Anyway, this guy gets in his car and he drives out. The church that Jesus is building, my friends, includes goodness. Just something good about us. Have you ever, that mesmerizing thing, have you ever tasted something where you, you put it in your mouth and you bite it and it's just like, Jesus, you hear the angels singing. <laughs> have you ever tasted something like that, that once again, see, taste and see that the Lord is good, but how do we taste him? Through his people. We get to know Jesus by looking into the eyes of believers. And so we add to our faith goodness. All right. And to goodness, knowledge. Okay, it's not just enough to be a good Christian. We've got to be a knowledgeable Christian too, right? So read your word. Why? Because we grow in our knowledge of Christ, don't we? And, okay. And to knowledge, self-control. Okay, so over knowledge, you get self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. That's God-likeness, right? And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. Follow my train of thought. This is a journey. Faith, goodness, knowledge, Knowledge, self-control, good. God, godliness, perseverance. Brotherly kindness. And love, agape. When you're born again, you fall in love with God's people and you want them to love you and it's wonderful. But mostly people come with a need for acceptance. And they come with a need to receive. And so they come with faith. They believe in Jesus Christ. And then they learn how to be good and learn how to behave, right? And then, and then they learn some stuff like a little bit of knowledge. And then onto knowledge they get, you know, and it grows and grows. But you know what it grows to eventually? The highest form of Christianity is to brotherly kindness and above brotherly kindness, agape. Now watch this. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, you've never arrived. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody ineffective and unproductive here? Do you know what you need to add to your knowledge? Now, hey, I preached this in my church not so long ago. I offended people right to the core. Because I promise you, if you are ever leading, everybody has an idea of what you should be doing. So I just say to people when they join the church, I'm going to disappoint you. Have no expectations from me because I can't live up to my own expectations. So I'm going to disappoint you. Okay? And you can only be disappointed in your expectations, true? It's, it's like the puppy story. It's like when you expect something and it turns out to be something else. 
So I'm saying, look, look, just have grace on us, right? But, but and it says, if you in, possess these things in increasing measure, it'll keep you from being un, ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of Jesus Christ. And many of us are ineffective and unproductive as Christians because we want the knowledge, we want more preachers. It's true. We want more preachers. We want deeper theology. We want greater revelation. We want more pizzazz and showbiz and let's get some lights. And then we're looking at what's broken in the church on a Sunday. But we're not in love with one another. We don't have brotherly kindness. We don't have love. And so we're ineffective and unproductive. Jesus doesn't care how much you know until he knows how much you care. You see, we can have knowledge. And you said that just now on the phone. We can get knowledge on the phone. But my friends, you get impartation of the heart of Christ by being at the feet of Jesus. You get his love. You get his kindness. Why? Because he gives it to you. Romans 5 verse 5. He pours it out in your heart. But you've got to be there enough so that he can pour it out in your heart. I want to be in, so in love with Jesus, honestly, that when the first cloud comes, Oates ask me, when's the rapture? I'm like, I don't know. The first cloud that comes down, I'm on. I don't care. Pre, mid, post. I've got my opinion. But my opinion counts nothing. You know, if you know... You're one step ahead of Jesus, because Jesus said, I don't even know. <laughs> Only my father knows. So if he's telling you stuff he's not telling Jesus, well, then I don't know. But <laughs> you're in your own little heaven already. So I don't know. Okay. So, but ineffective and unproductive. And I preached this, and I said, listen, I please, stop giving me plans for discipleship of the church. I've been leading the church for 22 years. You know how many guys come with a plan? Oh, this is the plan. We should do this for discipleship. No. No, we shouldn't. I'll tell you why. Are you in a home group? Show me how you're laying down your life for one another. Show me how you're loving sacrificially, and then I'll listen to what you say. Because right now, you're ineffective and productive because you're only halfway up the ladder of the things that you need to be doing in Christ. I don't want to hear what you've got to say because your actions speak louder than your words and your great theology is wonderful. Thank you, but keep it. I want to see how you love. And listen, you can be right. You can be absolutely 100% right in what you're saying. But I can't hear it. I can't hear it. I think there's a spiritual deafness that comes up and a spiritual blindness, the word talks about it, Many places, I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. You know, I think sometimes people don't understand the simplicity of the gospel because they look at what we preach, and they listen to what we preach, and they look at how we live. And those things confuse people because we talk the love, and we talk the brotherly kindness, and then we can't get ourselves to love one another and to greet somebody who's new on a Sunday morning. And just That's a little bit of kindness. And we can't get it because we're busy with our flipping selves. Jesus died to save you from yourself, man. So stop being yourself. Stop being more like Jesus. Hey, guys, I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling at me. Oh, I'm passionate about this thing because I, I think we're missing it. We're ineffective and unproductive in our knowledge of Christ. We don't actually know him. If we can't add to our knowledge and our godliness, brotherly kindness, and love in increasing measure, 
increasing measure. Man, I want to love Jesus more today than I did yesterday. But I want to love people more today than I did yesterday. And tomorrow, man, tomorrow I'm going to love people more. Because I want to be effective and productive in my knowledge of him. Why? Oh, Jesus, help us. Look at this. But if anyone does not have them, the list, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sin. A guy who keeps backsliding, habitually falling into sin, has forgotten he's been cleansed from his past sins. Why? He hasn't got to love other people. He's still in love with himself. You see, all those first attributes are internally focused. It's about I come to church because what I can get. Do you know that that is a religion? It's called secular humanism. It's preached in most churches. Come to Jesus so that you can be saved so you can escape hell because it's good for you. Come to Jesus because he loves you, because it's good for you. Come to Jesus and he will heal you. Come to Jesus and he will make you rich and famous. Come to Jesus, yeah, listen, those are all parts of the gospel. But Jesus came preaching one gospel. John the Baptist came preaching one gospel. What did he preach? Come, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The kingdom of heaven is near. And then Jesus came preaching, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And the disciples are amazed. He sends them out. He says, go preach the kingdom. They come back and they, they're amazed because of the, the power of the kingdom. They say, demons are driven out. And Jesus says, chill, chill, chill. Your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. This is normal. The kingdom has come to you. When you see the sick healed, the, the, the deaf here, demons are driven out, then you know the kingdom has come. Don't look for the kingdom out there because the kingdom is inside of you. The kingdom's not in that church, in that church, in that geographical area. It's not in Israel. It's not on Mount Zion. The kingdom is inside of you because it's, a, you see, it's the place what is a kingdom? It's the domain where there is a king on the throne. You see, for the king to be on the throne, I've got to get off the throne. And for the first part of those, you can add faith, you can add goodness, you can add knowledge, you can, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. I, man, I tell you, we're on the throne of our own lives. And when we get to the edge of spiritual maturity, it's not about me anymore. But all that stuff that I've put into my life, added faith, added goodness, added godliness, added knowledge, added self-discipline, added perseverance, I get to the place where it's, okay, now it's brotherly kindness. And now I can agape, love one another self-sacrificially. You see, there are three words in the Bible used for love. Okay, the one is, we know it's, it's, it's eros. That's attractional love. It's I love you for what I can get. Phileo. I love you and you love me. It's contractual. It's conditional. That's friendship love. And there's agape love. I love you in spite of you. And I love you in spite of me. And that's marriage. And that's the love that God wants us to have for one another. I love you in spite of how you look. I'm in sp I love you in spite of your horrible attitude and your horrible mood. Because I see Jesus right down deep. And some people hide him deep, deep down there. 
deep down there. I know Jesus is in there somewhere. We've got to peel those layers away, isn't it? But the agape, agape says love is patient, love is kind, keeps no record of wrongs. You know? Come on, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is, this is the love that God wants us to have for one another. Because we had this testimony on Sunday morning. I preached this two weeks ago in my, my church, some of this. And this lady comes up. She had a life. She's Hal's Donna, 40. No, no? You know which one I'm talking about? 40, but our age, more or less. 40, late 40s. She comes up, she's a lifestyle of drug abuse. A lifestyle. Into her 40s. She takes the mark for the first time. She says, I want to tell you something. I want to read this piece of scripture. So she's reading this, this piece of scripture. I'm like, oh, I know this scripture. I preached it last week. So I'm thinking maybe the drugs haven't been good for her memory. And she says, and she reads the last piece, and she says, they have forgotten that they've been cleansed from their past sins. And she says, I remember that I've been cleansed from my past sins. She says, I'm now free. Puts down the mic, that's proper mic drop. <laughs> Silence. And I'm like, I know this lady's past. And I know what she's saying. She's saying, I've figured out the love of God for people because he's loved me so much and now I can let go of my past and I'm free for my future. As I tell you, I live for those moments. When the light goes on and people move from babes in Christ to maturity and she's like, I get this, I get this. I lay down my life for my family because Jesus laid down his life for me. I can do this thing. Can we pray right now? Jesus, as you've been hovering us over us by your Holy Spirit, you are doing in us an amazing work and you're undoing bad theology. God, I pray that right now you will just, uh, just I pray, arrest our hearts. That we would fall in love with Jesus who who loved us so much, gave his life for us as a good husband for an incredible bride. I pray that we'd be mesmerized and captivated right now by a knowledge and a revelation and an encounter, not just an experience, but an encounter with the love of Jesus Christ right now in this place. You're calling us to be a bride that is worthy to be married to the king of the kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So now I want to tell you what the church is not. There's a religion called secular humanism, which means I am my own salvation. I can pull myself out of my own hole by my own bootstrings. If I try hard enough, I can please God and I can live up to my own expectations. It's the gospel of self-improvement. It's the gospel of self-enrichment. It's the gospel of you can be a better person and you can live your best life now. I'm telling you, it's a false gospel. There's one gospel, my friends, and this is Matthew 24. You want to know when the end's coming? Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the earth as a testimony to men. Not the gospel of salvation. 
not the gospel of you, the gospel of a king on his throne will be preached in the whole earth as a testimony to me, and then the end will come. Chew on that. God bless you. Have a fantastic evening. We will see you soon. Thank you for your time. Yes, sir. I don't know about you, but I'm like, Chris, maybe you should carry on. <laughs> it's so rich just in what God is uh, sharing with us. And friends, I want us to, to realize and to know that when, when we receive words like this, this is, not, this, is, this is God speaking to us. And, and it, I believe that our response should be, Lord Jesus, help me to live this. You know, we can walk away and go, yeah, that's awesome, man. I mean, I don't know how many of you have gone back and looked at what God spoke to us as a church at the summit. Because everybody after the summit was like, yes, this is amazing. But who's gone back and, and just was like, Lord, how are you you're massaging this in? And for, for us, friends, uh, my encouragement is that we wouldn't just take this as like, wow, that's a nice word. But really say, Lord, how can I, how can I build this? And so I think something that, that uh, Chris shared <clears throat> just around this love for for one another is something that has to be worked out. It has to be worked out. And I, I want to ask you and I to tonight, just before, just let's do business with Jesus. When you're meeting together, you know, over coffee sometime this week or on Sunday morning, you're seeing somebody, more than just saying, yes, you've got to listen to that session from Chris. Actually saying, yes, I, I wanted to, this is what the Lord's been speaking to me about. This is the adjustment I need to make. And can we begin to live these things? Because honestly, this can be a great word, and it can be in, out the other side, and we, we wouldn't really tie it in. Um, so I want to really encourage us to do that and to prioritize um, yeah, really building it into our lives. Um, I really have an expectation for tomorrow morning. We're going to start at 8.30 uh, sharp. You can, uh, there will be some rusks and coffee available for those of you that, like me, I've got small children to try and get them out of the house. <laughs> at least clothed is, <laughs> can, be, can be a challenge, you know, never mind fed. So if you do need to fill their tummies with some, some things, there will be something available. Um, but we'll start up at, at 8.30. It will be done by 11, uh, so that, you know, it's not a full day. I want to encourage you to invite some of your guys in your life group and guys that are not here um, just to prioritize it. Uh, Brad's going to be sharing with us. And like I said, on Sunday morning, 9.30, our Sunday celebration. I hope you've been praying for those, those light bulb people. I shared it with the guys this morning. Every morning when I switch my coffee machine on and I'm ready, I, I grab that, that light bulb and I'm praying. Praying for those people that are far from God uh, so that we can see God's kingdom advancing. And really, like Chris was saying, people come to know Jesus because of our love. That's, what, that's really what would help people to express that. So let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your church. I thank you for your word, Lord. And we also thank you especially for, for Chris and Suzanne, for Foresight Church, Lord, the blessing and the gift that they are to us, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you are speaking into the lives of our church, Lord. As a community of faith, Lord Jesus, we want to yield ourselves to what you are saying what you're revealing. And tonight, Lord Jesus, as we go, I pray that you'd really settle those things um, and that we would really come to embrace and walk in all that you have for us as, as your people. That others who are far Thanks for from joining you, us for today's message. To Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook. Bless you. For our updates, celebration times, or ways you can get involved. Um, <laughs> 
We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live, so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.